the VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget Me Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shu, and with me are my fellow casters, Rob Kalajian from a Pond's perspective. That's a me. Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Chaotic Gooders rollout. <laughs> Artist, illustrator of Story Comic, Barney Smith. Don't spell part backwards, it's a trap. <laughs> And of course, the chaotic good cast would not be complete without our geek of the north, Jason Hunt. Every Canadian child, when they are born, is issued a jar of maple syrup. When that jar runs out, so does their time. Wow. wow. That's, that's wow. Dark. Well, the worst part is it's Vermont maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our first segment is always new at the store. Ben, take it away. Hey, so this week we're actually seeing the end of the uh, drought. We've got uh, three really good products coming in this week. First up is the Fox in the Forest Duet. This is kind of a sequel to the Fox in the Forest from a couple of years ago. Uh, This is from Renegade Games, and it is a two-player cooperative trick-taking game. And if that sounds a little weird, uh, I don't disagree. Um, their their take on two-player trick-taking in the original Fox in the Forest uh, definitely had to tweak the kind of genre a little bit to make it work as a two-player game. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how they take that concept, tweak it to be a cooperative two-player system now. Um, playing different cards, you're trying to move your... Uh, move your pawns, I guess, across a collective track uh, and reach uh, the end of the forest as you uh, go through the different hands. Uh, the other one we have is Ultra Tiny Epic Galaxies. This is from Gameland Games. Uh, this is basically a smaller version of their already small board game, uh, Tiny Epic Galaxies. And this one, apparently, uh, the entire game fits into the box the size of a deck of cards yeah, yeah it's super, um, super tiny yeah the the original ultra game tiny, itself not super yeah ultra, ultra tiny, tiny. <laughs> we got to make sure we brand uh but no this game is uh had done fantastic for us and and many other retailers as the the regular <laughs> the regular size version of the game uh so seeing what the super portable uh, ultra tiny version will do uh, I'm excited for it. They say it's just a complete and unabridged version, so it doesn't seem like they've made any changes. Um, yeah, I've, I've got my copy uh, here at the house, and and I, I really like it. I think uh, Tiny uh, Epic Galaxies is is probably the best, if not like the the one or two best of the, the uh, yeah. Tiny Epic line, it's so. it's really really smart, really good. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this. And then the final thing, which I know Doug is chomping at the bit to get, uh, is the uh, Deep Cuts Unpainted Miniatures line for Transformers from WizKids. 
they've done their their D&D, their role-playing set. They did their My Little Pony set a little uh, later in 2019. And now we finally get our hands on the Transformers line. Uh, they've only got four figures for the initial release. Uh, Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Megatron, and Starscream. Uh, which a little sad they didn't do more, but these are these are great figures. They're good chunks of, of plastic that come pre-primed, so you can just start slapping paint on it and make uh, Ultimate Optimus Prime the the Optimus Prime of your dreams. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm I'm so excited for these. I saw we saw previews of these at Packs Unplugged, and they're they're a lot bigger than I thought they were going to be. They're uh, about three yeah. three inches tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're almost like the, the legends. Well, that's not yeah, bad. The, 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 I was wondering, yeah. they're going to be like the size of the WizKids stuff that they did for D&D. I'm like, this, you're going to have a Transformer that's like this tall. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they, they were a good size. Yeah, no. Um, so I'm excited yeah. to uh, to get those in. I'll probably do, I might get two of the Optimus Prime ones. One I, I would uh, paint as uh, Nemesis Prime, which That'd is be like awesome. the black the black version of, uh, of uh, Optimus Prime, the, the evil version, um, and then uh, do Optimus in his, in his regular colors. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars geek. I'm not Star Wars. Star Wars uh, I am a Star Wars geek <laughs> as well, but uh, I, I'm a Transformers geek. Uh, I don't remember and, Optimus uh, I love, Star Wars, uh, okay. Yeah. I, that's I, I that's hope... the JJ cut. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the JJ <laughs> um, I'm I'm really uh, hoping that they put out more of these i would love to see sound wave i'd love to see shock wave um i would love dinobots. to see hound what's that dinobots dinobots i'd love a dinobot yeah. set that would be cool you mm-hmm. know um i want yeah but they, you can't transform them right they no, don't no. they are yeah. they are static uh that's static what that's what I thought. Paintable, like, I transformable they have like a whole other range that they can do then they can have optimus transformed optimus oh yeah vehicle mode like yeah, Dinobots would actually, I think, be more fun to have in their Dinobot mode. Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, probably. As, as yeah, that would, giant probably be would be awesome. Yep, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. No, I uh, I agree. And I actually have uh, speaking on the Transformers theme. Our uh, featured content is three predictions for 2020, and there might be a little tie-in with the Transformers uh, subject uh, in, in my predictions. Just a little spoiler for uh, folks that are listening to a the... A little uh, teaser. A taste yeah. of things to come. Um, yeah. So yeah. so is that uh, that's all from uh, Newt's store this week, that's, Eben? That's what we got to, to kind of uh, slate our thirst as we move into 2020. A um, lot of stuff is kind of scheduled for the the upcoming months, so we're gonna get a lot uh, a lot more uh, for this segment. So stay tuned. Nice, cool, thanks. All right, that's gonna bring us to our second segment, which is the box office beat. This is where we talk about everything that reigns supreme in the box office this last weekend. Um, not uh, not a whole lot of big surprises this last week, so we're not gonna deep dive into this too much. Um, of course, uh, rises uh, rises Skywalker. One- spot again um they're predicting by this time this next this weekend that's coming up it should cross the the billion dollar mark for disney world globally um and that will actually make disney's seventh 2019 release uh, of a billion dollar a billion dollar movie uh for the year so justify that rental of pinewood studios for like the next decade (laughs) <laughs> well, here, here's the the incredible the the incredible uh, part of this is previously there were only 
the, the previous record holder for most billion dollar movies in one year was four. So Disney is almost doubling that in 2019. That's pretty crazy to think about. The, the previous record was four. Now it's going to be seven. Um, so yeah, Disney, uh, Disney just knocking it out of the park this, this year. Uh, also, oh, no, they don't uh, want to knock you out of the park. They want to keep you in the park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the overall box office take for the year was actually down 4% from uh, 2019. I mean, from, from 2018, um, which they actually, industry experts are kind of um, pleased about that because they figured with the streaming services and, and all those, uh, especially with Disney Plus and everything uh, coming up, uh, and launching this year, or in 2019, they, they figured that it actually was going to go down a lot more. Um, they were thinking it was probably going to be closer to 10% uh, uh, difference from... Oh, the yeah, they got to be pleased with that then, yeah. So, yeah, so 4, 4% bro- drop is, uh, is, isn't is too bad from what they were expecting. Um, so number one, again, was uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, it was down 52.3% from the week before, still averaging over 7,800 a screen, which is crazy wow. to think about. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty For impressive. That drop 50% of its box office take, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. So it did make the list. I saw, I was trying to, I'm trying to look it up. It was on, I saw it on the Forbes thing that it said that it was, it ranked number seven in the highest loss of one week to another of all times. Oh, is it which, really? But it, it doesn't, really? it, it sounds... Well, it went. It was seventh. Well, think of it. The the number one was Avengers, Avengers Endgame. I mean, you have these stellar. It lost open- like yeah. hundred. It, it went down by hundred and twenty million, like <laughs> Avengers Endgame, and, and from one week to the next. Which, if it's a small movie, that's horrendous. Yeah. So, Rise of Skywalker seventh of the most, the highest loss from one week to the next. I think it was. It lost a hundred and seven yeah. million. From I'm, this week, from these last are the week kinds of movies where everybody sees it the instant they can. Yeah, they yeah, they don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The majority of people are going to see it the first weekend. Um, I'm thinking Batman versus Superman's got to be on that high on that list too. And never, if it didn't go that high up, it's never going to have that much of. Oh, going to have the drop yeah. off. Yeah. You have to have it. Uh, yeah. yeah, you have to. Have, you have to be good. People have to go that's see the movie. Yeah. Does. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's why Avengers Endgame is number one because everybody the, high, yeah, the yeah. highest drop. It was still yeah. a great movie, and everybody made... in the world saw it right away. And everybody else, everybody's like, "Well, I've seen it." <laughs> so here's here's an interesting uh so the number two movie for uh, for the last weekend was jumanji the next level this is uh and it's still in its fourth week yeah. but man this thing is still growing strong at 200 uh 26 million you know that it pulled in it was only down 25.6 percent um you know it's still pulling in it's got some six thousand yeah. six thousand three hundred and forty four dollars on average a screen which Man, I if you would have told me that going into this, you know, before release of this movie, that this sequel would be doing this well four weeks in, I would have told you you were crazy. And the budget was only 125 million for that movie. So wow, they did a lot of location shooting. There's not a ton of CGI or post processing or anything like that necessary. So this is a huge moneymaker for Sony right now. I, I still think it's got a lot to do with the first movie way exceeding people's expectations. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. And it's set, I, like, I agree it's, with that. It was, it was set up to give you a sequel right away. Yeah. I mean, and I thought fun. the first movie was going to be like 
fun, but kind of bad. But like we really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it as well. Yeah, and it's just a fun movie. There's not, when you look at the comp, like for for its genre of being, you know, a, a kid's, like, you know, like a kid, not like a little kid's movie, but like your your teen level movie, that's actually really fun. And it's not a horror. It's not yeah. overly dramatic. And it's, yeah, it's nothing that you can't take your kids to see early. Right. And, and yeah. I, I, it's kind of, it has a lot of, a, I don't want to say adult humor, but it's not adult humor. It's like humor where it's like you and I, and maybe, you know, we, we all kind of think it's funny, but our kids might go over our kids' heads, you know? So, yeah, you know, I, I, I like, I like that kind of, that kind of stuff. Shrek kind of like, like that. Kind of like Dora, <laughs> which was a great movie. I'm going to see Dora. It was, it was, it was great. I loved it. Uh, speaking of Dora and being, you know, and on the Little Women theme, number three was Little Women. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a that, stretch. That, 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 that was yeah. a great segue, Doug. That, you were that was, uh, that's was, woman. was forced. That was a forced segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, it was up uh, one from last year, which or last week, which was great. Uh, nice to see. Uh, it is uh, 13.6 million. Uh, only down 18.8%, uh, still, you know, averaging over 4,000 4, in the screen, which is great. Number four uh, is Frozen 2. Um, Damn, that's still holding on. Yeah, that's in its seventh week, which, you know, yeah. for being in the top five after seven weeks is pretty, pretty impressive. There's not so, a whole lot of other competition, though, for right. it. I'm looking, I'm seeing no. from, from the yeah. uh, box office. So according to I, according to IGN, Frozen Two is now crowned as the highest grossing animated film ever. Wow, wow. that's yeah. amazing! And you know it's going to uh, come back to theaters in July. Like, oh yeah, oh, it'll probably. be yeah, just like Frozen. They'll throw it back into theaters yeah. again. Like I don't think. Christmas well, no, because there's going to be there's some Pixar movies coming out at that time. Oh, so there is gonna, uh, the, there's oh, the Soul, and then there's another that one, road trip Mulan. one. Yeah, and then there's Mulan. They're not gonna. Yeah, oh yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah they, they don't want to uh, yeah. compete against their own their yeah. own things. Uh, number five was a uh, was a debut on on the on the uh, top ten list, and that is the Grudge, which hell is that? Haven't we? Haven't we? Uh, I don't understand how this movie did as well as it did. I mean, obviously, how many remakes? Of of how many times they remake the Grudge? This is three, at least three. Is it a remake or is it like a new one? Like a it's, a re- it, re- it's like a reboot. Yeah, it's a reboot. Yeah, it's. I don't believe it erases anything from the previous thing. It's just like the 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 vengeful spirit has found another way to, yeah, you know, deal with uh, intruders freak, freak in this world. <laughs> um, number five was spy, or number six was spies in disguise. Ooh. Um, that's in its second week. It's yeah. dropped twenty two percent. It, can't, it just can't hold up to stuff like Frozen too. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it only debuted last week at number five, and so slipping to number six actually really isn't all that bad. And only dropping twenty two percent is is pretty decent. So, um, you know, we'll see how long it uh, holds out in the in the top ten. Uh, yeah, number. What's that? I was going to say, let us hope that in twenty twenty that we all have the confidence of the movie pro- <laughs> of, the, of the of the movie executive who said, yeah. "Let's launch that movie two weeks after Frozen." <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and right in between Star Wars and Jumanji. <laughs> uh, number seven was uh, Knives Out. Uh, I think Rob, you saw you, you saw that movie, right? Yep, loved it. Nice. Yeah, I'm hearing really good things about it. It actually went up 
in the number of screens this this uh, this last weekend. Yeah, uh, by one hundred and twenty. But it was by nine percent. What's that? Only slipped by nine percent from last week. Yeah, only down nine point seven percent from the previous week, which is like a, uh, really really good for. If you got a side, I, it's getting a lot of good. buzz. Yeah, they've already announced that they're going to make a sequel of it. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Maybe that's the, the, the detective. That could be. Yeah, once people Rob, get that whoever played the detective. Oh, uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig's character is—they're having his character as a sequel. That's awesome. He was great that'll in that bring, movie. That'll bring an audience right there. Yeah. Uh, number seven was uh, a movie that uh, I really want to see, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it in time before it leaves theaters. But that's Uncut yeah. Gems, uh, which I've mentioned a previous the previous last. That's the uh, Adam Sandler one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one where he plays like a gambling addict and. And uh, everybody says it's really good. And that one actually, that one went up by 338 screens. Yeah. So and they haven't released a... it internationally yet. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it true. Might and it's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah. Uh, number nine was the same as last week, Bombshell. Uh, that one actually went up 241 screens and only dropped 15.2%. And then uh, number 10 is Ben's... Uh, <laughs> hit for 2020 uh, cats uh which Memories dropped uh, all movie. alone in the theater <laughs> i still need to Watch go see it, it alone in the theater <laughs> no Robin, i i need to see this i need to see this movie if you haven't seen cats yet you better you, i gotta you better, hurry up you better put down your, your headset and go see it now because yeah. by the time this show is over it might not be in the theater every every single review i read of this movie just makes me want to see it, oh, it rips more they and tear more it apart. like oh my god it's Budget just... of 95 million 50 57 million worldwide takes so far <laughs> and it's down to making that's two million brutal. a week that's rough yeah. That's right. You know, yeah, it's almost like everybody's uh, everybody's in on the joke except the people who made the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere there's somebody defending this movie vehemently. I guarantee. You. I I bet oh, you yeah. like this is going to come out on video and it's going to be like a cult classic. Oh Ex- yeah. yeah. Like oh yeah, it's it will be maybe. It was. That was my prediction, man. That was my I'm, prediction I'm, last to week. To be honest with you, I'm thinking there's a lot of careers that are ruined now because of no. this movie. And and didn't no. they like? Didn't they up like? they released a patch for the movie while it was in the theaters or something like they yeah they, they changed the the visual effects like yeah uh, almost a week after the movie came out they're like yeah. oh we've what? got we've got new visual effects that made the cats less yeah. um less creepy in theory <laughs> so oh i i don't gosh. think i don't think any careers are going to be ruined by this doug just because there's so many people involved in it it's like it's it's it'd be the equivalent of like of well, like Woodstock '99, like nobody. I mean, it was such you know, or or think about some big not, concert event. There were so many bands involved in it. Yeah, you're you're not killing like Ian McKellen. And no, 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 no. And I'm not. No, and I'm no. saying that it's the actor. The, the this movie has an incredible cast. I'm not saying. Yeah. This, I'm thinking like the people behind the camera, the producers, like, I, oh, the yeah. producers, Most like the the executive producers. Yeah. Like the I think editor, their editor careers team. are. Oh. I think, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they got fired a long time ago. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking someone's gonna have to pay for uh, uh, whoever, this uh, huge loss at the studio. Whoever, I'm, whoever I'm thinking they need to do the CGI uh, department is probably making like those little um, straight to video DVDs that you find. <laughs> now. Working on like the odd bods. No, they the, those they people need to work on the. Uh, they need to release now the the Broadway version of Lion King, like. <laughs> 
No, why would you do that? It's such a great Broadway show. You wouldn't do that to. No, you got They got to give it the catch theaters. treatment. Uh, apparently, we're getting West Side Story next year from. Are Spielberg, we really from Spielberg? Yeah. So uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Disney was kind of upset about The Lion King when it came to the Golden Globes. What did they, they get snubbed? They, no, oh, they yeah. wanted it to be nominated for best live action movie. Dude, it's it not though. live action. Yeah, it's and then all... they were they were so choked apparently that when they put out their posters saying that it was nominated for awards, that the only thing they put up the nomination for was uh, best score, I think, or best soundtrack. It didn't even have a good had, soundtrack. They though. had originally submitted it as best live action. It's and not live action. Oh, wow. It's not at all. That's why no. it's a it's a that. piece of crap movie with a horrible yeah. soundtrack. Like. <laughs> It just slaughters the original. They were annoyed because then it put the Lion King, Frozen, and uh, one other movie up in the same category. Oh, so it's competing against movies itself, against and they wanted other. to, and they were trying right. to avoid that. I was annoyed because they made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it didn't I, grab me the way that that the animated one did. Yeah, That's, no, That's they the same thing with, with, the live. with the live action. Was like the live action Beauty and the Beast movie didn't do as phenomenally as they were hoping either. You know, I've enjoyed all of them so far, though, with the exception of of Beauty, uh, with Lion King. I just, oh really? I thought it was really, really bad. Oh. I loved, uh, I loved Dumbo. Uh, Maleficent is still my favorite, uh, but you know, um, Cinderella was good. Beauty and the I Beast was good because it had Michael Keaton in it. I liked oh, Dumbo because it was. I just, it was. A, I thought it was a very good movie overall. Like, hmm. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I don't like the original Dumbo, but the new one was was good. All right, uh, that's going to lead us to our third segment, which is the story comic pop culture corner. Barney, what do you got for us this week in pop culture news? So I just wanted to really highlight since it's is the the Golden Globes awards that happened last night. The Golden and Girls. The Golden Girls. That would be the best show ever. If only. <laughs> I the, the, a couple things. One, and no, there's Joker won big. Yes. Yeah. Joe, and and this is looking at it from our perspective of them from the pop culture, from the from the comic book, the video game, the board gaming kind of world that we live in. Uh, really surprised to see that. Uh, now I take it back. I wasn't surprised, and I wasn't surprised at all that the Joker really won a lot of a lot of awards. The other thing that was that was actually really surprising was that missing link won best animated film. Yeah. It wiped oh. out the Disney movies It wiped out the Disney movies. And so a lot of people are talking about, it's like, you know, out of nowhere, how did this, how did this happen? Nobody I've never really even heard it. of that movie. It's about, it was about Bigfoot. If yeah. I remember correctly, um, trying to go home or yeah. I can't, no, that wasn't it. No, that's that was abominable. That was abominable. I liked <laughs> abominable. I thought no wait. Yeah, abomb no no. I liked Littlefoot. Littlefoot, okay. Yeah. That was I haven't seen Abominable yet. And 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 the other point, then we talk about this a lot as a streaming services. Streaming services won big time yeah, on this. Big, big it was it was basically it was Amazon, a couple of like it was Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu took a lot you didn't see anything from the television side and, and hbo did really well too you didn't see anything from any of the uh, the major four networks win any of those awards so are oh, you seeing a lot of those networks now who are investing in companies like hulu and netflix and amazon and 
yeah. they want to get on board with that sort of thing because they know that obviously these people have the pulse right now. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, the, the ABC, NBC, Fox. Uh, I think a lot of them CBS. were kind of, it was kind of a shock. Like yeah. They were like, wait, we've been doing this for like 60 years now. How are we not doing this well anymore? Like, how did this happen without right. any of us noticing? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that when we talked, we talked about this earlier on the, you know, through our group chat was the, the drop of the, the new mutants, the new mutants. Oh, uh, oh yeah. And this, uh, this movie has <laughs> been delayed for quite a few yeah. years. And, 2017. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and I remember seeing. I remember going to the theater and seeing posters for it, and yep. then we heard just nothing. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, yeah, it was nothing. gone. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, I know that there was a trailer that was released at one point, but this is so. This is the second trailer, and it's updated. And and Jason, you were a big fan of this. I, I sent it over to. I, oh. I sent it on our Discord chat, and I, I said because uh, 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 we have a, a VCG uh, Discord chat, and and I said, has anybody seen this new mutants? Yeah, trailer. No, nobody had at that point. I had, but you could hop back on. It was yeah. like, wow, I, I, I like this. Yeah, New Mutants. Honestly, of all of the X Men comics, of all of the mutant genre with Marvel, New Mutants was one of my favorite because at that time I was in high school myself, so it really was relatable to me to watch them suffer through the you know the annoying aspects of growing up and more so because they're all mutants, but. Um, I loved the artwork, um, especially if they are doing the Demon Bear saga, like it sounds like they're going to. Um, uh, Ben, I can't pronounce his last name, Sienkiewicz? Higgins? No, no. Higgins. no definitely, ben, ben, definitely not. What is, is it, Sienkiewicz or Sienkiewicz or something like that? Ben Sienkiewicz. Yeah. yeah. That, I love his art style. Um, that whole series, because it was written by Claremont and, yeah. and, and the main X-Men group at that time. Uh, the stories were just amazing and all of the characters are just awesome like I was just like oh. <laughs> it was the one series in the X universe that I collected in with the exception to everything else like if I didn't have the cash to buy something I bought the new mutants instead we yeah. had right and 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 that's and and for the for those uh for the uninitiated that is as as Jason was pointing out the the Chris Claremont, the, the new mutants, this, this was the first series that came out where basically what happened was, is that Marvel, Marvel was in a position where um, Chris Claremont basically brought the X-Men back from the brink. Like yeah. it just, it, it didn't exist. It, it didn't, it stopped existing and it was just a, it was a sea level yeah. title and it actually stopped. It's, it stopped production for I think a good five or six years. Yep. And then Chris Claremont brought it back and it just blew up because he was, he's just, he's such a great writer. And then the, the editor, and I think it was Joe, Sh uh, Jim Shooter at the time says, yes, you need to make, you need to make another title. He's like, I'm not going to, no, it's the X-Men. So finally he gave in and made, and, and, and started writing the new mutants, which is about, as, as Jason was saying, it's the younger cast of, of, yeah. of the X-Men that are doing teenage level, teenager level stuff. So you had, you, so you had John Byrne who was writing for the X-Men and, and so they, they so they grabbed the artist uh, Bill Senkowitz came in and was the and was the it was the writer was the the artist for the New Mutants, and his style and we see this a lot in some in in, in we see this in our uh, 
you know, and, and you're talking about it, uh, Doug, in one of your show, one of your um, one of your top tens of, you know, art 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 driven artists driven IPs are so powerful, and when you talk about from the board games and the and the tabletop role playing game perspective, and was very excited to see. And I, I went on, uh, I was checking out um, uh, Bill Senkowitz's Facebook page. He's like has. Um, you know, friends in common. So I was able to look at some of the stuff people were posting saying, Hey man, this trail looks just like your artwork, you know? And he was talking about, yeah, thanks. You know, but he's like, like Josh Boone, who's the director of it has been really, who's really kind of who loved that, that series is like Jason was saying those, those early new mutants, those, the first 50 issues were so powerful and they, and he, he kept the flavor of it. And this is why I think is I'm really excited about, I don't think it's going to flop. A lot of people are saying this is going to be another one of those dark Phoenix saga things that Fox just kind of threw together and just let it put into theaters to die because, and the reason why it's coming out and I think because Disney now owns all these Fox properties, I think the reason why Disney is saying go for it is because Disney, what they classically do. And I think we owe this to Disney is let the directors just do what they want to do and right. just say, just print, make us money. We don't care. So it's yeah. like, so I really think that this is going to be a really good movie. And I really think because they really let Josh Boone, the director, just take that property and take this storyline, which is the demon bear saga and say, run with it, just do it. And I think it's, it, it wasn't a decision made by committee. I don't think cause Fox always does that. Fox is classic for that universal studios is class. Warner brothers does it all the time. Just has a group of, a group of, you know, men in business suits make, make the final decisions on that. Disney doesn't do it. So I'm, pr- and I'm, pretty excited and I'm, and I'm, and I'm optimistic. I won't say cautiously optimistic. I'm very optimistic that this movie is going to do well. Well, I have to think that, you know, at, at this point, what does Disney really have to lose by releasing it? I mean, it's no, been in the nothing. Can, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, but they're, I think... they're in a perfect position right now. They're, they have literally like, like Barney just said, they have nothing to lose with this. All they can do is put stuff out there and see if it sticks kind of thing. Like, yeah, and they're not losing money out. And plus, I and yeah. I don't think they got involved. I don't think they got their hands dirty on. I think they just no. took most it and, right. and say, "Let yeah. Josh Boone do what he wants with it." Yeah. yeah, like I'm pretty sure most of this movie was in the can, and it was just a case of let's let our people have a pass at it and go with there. The the one thing that I will note that uh, based on this trailer uh, is there's a lot of familiar faces. Uh, there's there's a lot of cast in here that that you've seen in a lot of properties they're not like quote unquote a-list but the, you've seen them in a lot of uh, a lot of stuff the only you know, a-list like macy actor williams I, qualifies well yeah no know. that was the one one <laughs> exception that i was going to make is is uh, macy williams but but a lot of this cast since it was shot probably four years ago yeah they look much younger than yeah. they do now that was my first thing when i saw macy on screen i was like wait what did, what happened here and then i realized <laughs> oh yeah this yeah. was filmed like four and a half years ago so yeah okay so it's 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 kind of uh, it, that that is very evident, which uh, I guess is pretty cool to kind of see. Uh, I would be kind of curious if you know if I were part of that movie, you know, I think it would be kind of neat to finally uh, finally see the the finished results after after it's all these be years. Weird as an actor to and film yeah. a movie, to put it in the can, to have it edited, to have it like basically ready to release, and then never have it see the light of day, right. like. It's got to be weird to be like, oh, I put my heart and soul into this role, and it's ne- it's going to sit in a box 
I or on a drive think. somewhere. Well, that, then you've got to think a lot of these actors, they've probably grown a lot, like just in their craft. Oh, <laughs> yeah. not just Looking not just, soul going, not just, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, like uh, some of them are, are rather young. So, like, I think a lot of them are like early 20s, you know, actors. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you got to think that, you know, the, the, these last four years, they've, they've definitely uh, matured as, as, uh, as actors. And so, uh, that's kind of interesting. I, I'm really excited to see what it is. I, I had to show my wife uh, the trailer on a, on a lunch break uh, today, and, and she was like, yeah, I'd go see that. So, that, that's, a, that's a plus whenever she says uh, she They've gives that kind of... They've also kind of, of uh, taken it in a more horror suspense kind of... Yeah. That's what I was well, thinking when I saw the trailer. It looked really kind of horror-like. Do. Yeah. It's a I, lot I, more I'm, of that. And I'm wondering because they, were, they talked about how Doctor Strange 2 is going to have more of a horror vibe to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Disney says this movie is already made. Let's test the waters to see uh, yeah. what the stomach is for the public on a superhero horror movie yeah. as well. Now, here's my question. I wonder if they're going to try to tie this into the MCU with or if they're just going to let it I be its own. I don't think they will because this was... Uh, Sony's last gasp with the X-Men. Fox. Right. It's their last Fox. licensed X-Men yeah. movie yeah. as far as I know. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to really put a lot of effort into tying it in. If it's really successful, you may see some of the characters pop up in cameos or that sort of thing, maybe. Especially yeah. characters like Ilyana. Um, her her character is just so absurdly powerful. As like She's arguably the most powerful new mutant they have um, because she's a sorceress, basically. Um, but her backstory is kind of dark. Like as a, basically a preteen, she gets lost in limbo for I think five or six years. So she's basically in like this, like hell, like dimension being taught magic by the ruler of this realm. And then she pops back out and I'm like, that's right. a bit dark for a kid at that age. Well, that wasn't Mojo world. Was it? That wasn't. No. Hell. Uh, no, they kind of sort of alluded to that because when they brought Mojo in, Mojo kept showing up and having references to it. Right. So I don't know. Like, as far as I know, from the from what I when I stopped reading uh, the New Mutants, uh, there was um, a tie-in, but not specific to that. As far as I know, I'm not sure. So for those that are interested, it's that the Demon Bear Saga is issues 18 through 20 of the New Mutants. It's only three. It's only three issues. Oh, um, and I was able to I was able to dig out my issue twenty of how yeah. it ended. I love so, that man's art. His art is yeah. just so cool to look at. <laughs> yeah, and Ileana isn't she Colossus's sister? Younger sister, she? yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm I'm excited about this movie. I, it's been there hasn't really been a whole lot of big hype movies that are been announced for this first quarter of 2020 no. i don't think uh, maybe i'm wrong here but i can't think of any off the top of my head other than the, the latest bad boys movie <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about first quarter is basically up, up till march right it's well, always I mean, this, this comes out in april right oh yeah. sorry yeah I, I was thinking the... there's not a lot coming out and yeah so Speaking i, I kind of like will won't. smith has to have a hit on his hands with this he's got to I mean, his career is hurting because he's had lots of flops lately. I don't, I just don't know if there's a demand for another Bad Boys movie. I don't think there is. Either. I think this is going to be a lot like the, the latest Rambo movie where it's going to be people who were huge fans of, of the Bad Boys movies when they came out, which are all like middle to like close, like middle ages kind of thing, I think at this point. 
are going to be like, I want to see this, but is anybody else going to want to see this? <laughs> have Have you seen the uh, the latest trailer for uh, the Bad Boys movie? Uh, it's the it's them on a on a plane. Will Smith is in like the row in front of Martin Lawrence, and Martin Lawrence like leans in and says, "Ride or die." And like all of a sudden, like everybody around, like in the, in the, in the seats, all kind of like look at him. He's like, "Don't say that." He's like, "No, it's what we say, ride or die." He's like, "Stop saying that." <laughs> I would say the two. I would say that the two movies in the the first, uh, yeah, the first quarter that are that are probably going to do pretty well is going to be Birds of Prey. Oh, yep. And, yeah, I forget that was coming out. And Disney's Mulan comes out at the end of March. Those Mulan are going to be the two amazing. Ones. Mulan does I actually look that. really good. I mean, there's other movies coming out, but they're not going to do well, like Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog, uh, Legally Blonde three. I mean, but <laughs> Legally Blonde three is coming out. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, Talk God. about a movie that Reese Witherspoon needs to make a payment on something. <laughs> Those movies were fun, though. Oh, they, they are fun. They're fun movies. Yeah, I'm not going to like. It's clearly, we're not going to make a ton of money. <laughs> or do we? Elwood like might have something. Twelve Star Wars movies now. <laughs> Elwood might have something to say in this political climate. El the Elwood the Elwood's uh, for president. The Elwood saga. That's the new Star Wars the Elwood saga. saga. Rise of Elwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, that's gonna do it for the pop culture corner. Let's get to our featured comment contra. Let's get to our featured content. Which is bold predictions for 2020. Now this can be uh, gaming. This can be pop culture. You know, we're kind of just leaving it open ended for for folks to make uh, three predictions. Um, I told Barney in the chat that I expected these to be <laughs> extremely clickbaity <laughs> predictions from him, at least. So Barney, the the pressure's on for you to uh, make these uh, make these predictions to be, you know. <laughs> very enticing and and controversial so okay. we're gonna leave you for last i'm gonna how about that we'll, <laughs> we'll let you we'll let you be the fifth uh, fifth person to uh, give your your uh, prediction uh oh, but we'll geez, go around man. we'll do i'll do our first prediction and then we'll do our second prediction um actually jason did did you have predictions or i'm good just, to go with you don't worry you are me. good to go okay okay <laughs> Jason's one of Barney's predictions was that Jason didn't have predictions uh, before we started. So uh, already that that one's come true, uh, but evidently uh, Jason has, has come up with with some. All right, what what we'll do is uh, maybe we'll go. Uh, I I can go first, and then we'll just go right around the uh, right around the uh, the screen. So it'll be me, Ben, Rob, Jason, and then Barney. How about that? Sounds good. All right, my first bold prediction for 2020. Here we go. Are you ready? And it is Transformers related. Like I said, this is, I'm leading with my, my uh, with my teaser. Oh wow! Uh, my my bold prediction for 2020 is that the Transformers trading card game will end, but another Transformers game will be announced. Whether it's a miniatures game, a board game, an RPG, or something, I think that the 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 Transformers TCG will stop. We'll see. We'll see. Wizards of the Coast cut that uh, cut that product line. I don't think 
it's doing as well as it initially was. And Ben, you can quote me if I'm wrong. You can, it, it's you can definitely wrong. slowed down quite a lot, um, at least at least at, at my shop. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of where it is at uh, all over. And I think that uh, you know, I, I think once the summer hits, um, yeah, I don't. Not that I don't. I love the the TCG. I love it, and uh, I, I I hope it doesn't. But I have a feeling that it's not going as well as they had hoped. And uh, I think that they will cut that. Oh line. man. I don't want to see it go before we get headmasters. I would love to see headmasters and maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll have one more set. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't think that it's going as well as they'd hoped. And I think that they will take what they have. Cause they've got a whole staff and a whole team that has like studied transformers. You got to do something with them, right? You got to think gotta so. Do something. Yeah. I mean, put them on something else like give them give them uh, another game to to put out um at least i hope that's 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 my prediction and whether or not it comes true we'll have to come back in like 2021 and see if any of these come true but give me a pre-painted miniatures game yeah that would be pretty cool i would (laughs) love to have a a transformers game game. would be pretty cool yeah i would love to you know something like marvel uh crisis protocol only have it have it be transformers all right, that's my uh, my first prediction. Go ahead, Ben. What, what's your first prediction? Uh, so I'm going to start off a, a little on the safe side. I'm going to say that at Star Wars Celebration uh, this spring, we will have a new Star Wars film project announced. Oh, my God. Uh, now, this, this is super safe, but here's my stretch. It's going to be under the Pixar studio. Oh, animated. Yeah. Mm. An animated Pixar Ooh. Star Wars movie. And it's going to be a Baby Yoda movie. Gosh darn oh it. You just took God. one of my predictions, Ben. <laughs> it's like we have the I, same brain. Right. I, I would even say, I would even go, you should go even further, Ben, and say that it's going to be a Pixar musical. Ooh. No. <laughs> musical Star Wars. With cats. <laughs> yes. <Loth> cats. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. Oh man, no, uh, but, I, yeah, I would dig that. I would, uh, I would love to see Pixar uh, on uh, a Star Wars. Yeah, World. it's I called think... Tauntauns. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, set in the Cars universe, it's X Wings. So. <laughs> but no, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think we'll see something kind of out of left field uh, from the the Star Wars property, and I think pairing it with Pixar is a good fit that would also be profitable for Disney. So that's uh, that is my first prediction. Uh, Rob, you're you're up. Mine is uh, mine is not very, very out there at all. Uh, mine is Dungeons and Dragons related. Okay. Uh, and, and I am. Uh, this is the year I think that for fifth edition we are going to see Dark Sun, for sure. Which is the uh, kind cross. of like a. It's like a. It's it's hard to explain. Like a post-apocalyptic type, uh, wasteland setting where metal is rare and. And it's like, I don't know. I just think with, with the direction they've been going with, with some of their stuff, it seems like the perfect time to, to bring Dark Sun back. Um, I mean, other than that, or, or Spelljammer, but... That they uh, definitely should start I'm, I'm, exploring these worlds. Uh, Eberron was such a huge hit for them. Eberron yeah. is great, and I think Dark Sun is so different than anything that's been released for 5e so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of with the, and, and I'm not drawing direct comparisons, but with the Descent to Avernus release, um, I think it kind of opened us up to maybe getting a little bit 
darker um, and and kind of moving dark towards that, that bill for sure. Yeah, I think moving towards that dark sun world, and I don't. I, I definitely think it'll probably be it'll be tamed a bit for five e. Um, but I I'm imagine, yeah. But, but I'm honestly, I can imagine the can the halflings won't be cannibals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I I think uh, if if it's not the new book announced on the seventeenth of this month, uh, I'm thinking by at least quarter two we're gonna see dark sun. I love it. All right, uh, Jason, what's your prediction for, for, for your first prediction for 2020? Uh, we're going to see new consoles for the PlayStation and for the Xbox this year, obviously. But I think it's going to kind of be the end of the console wars at this point. There have been s- gradually fewer and fewer exclusives for every console coming out now to the point where companies are just tired of the big game companies sidling up to them and being all, hey, hey, can we, can we have one of your games and only only it be ours kind of thing because you're seeing games places like the epic game store has bought a lot of exclusives off of steam now um and they're saying it's exclusive to us for six to eight months or a year and then it comes out on every other platform um in my circle of friends and gamers we're all tired of it like i refuse to get the epic game store just because it's stupid steam works just fine there is no point to the epic game store there's no point to ubisoft's uplay store there's no point to the wars that everybody keeps having. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, the console master race, the PC master race, you know? It's consoles have gotten powerful enough now that they're giving you graphics on par with computers now. True. And I think it's gotten to the point where the war is just gonna be like, you know, oh, okay, grandpa, you wanna say there's a war still? Fine, you know, go sit on your rocking chair on the porch and, and go on about that. But I'm pretty sure this year we're gonna see the end of that sort of thing. And that's Honestly, my that's yep. that's my easy that's my safe prediction I guess. Yeah, I like year. it. Honestly, I'm when not. When I was my, when I was your age, we had PlayStation One. <laughs> I had an Intellivision and a ColecoVision. I, I had a ColecoVision. <laughs> They're actually just releasing the Intellivision. Tommy Tallarico, um, from uh, Electric Playground uh, fame ish. Uh, he's a really uh, prolific uh, game music producer for the video game industry. Uh, does a tour actually of video game music. Uh, called Video Games Live. Um, he has a company that is reviving the Intellivision. Uh, I'm oh, not no sure kidding. quite how, but they're releasing that, I think, in the next year here. Yep. So I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. Nice. Kind of like the the Atari is coming back, although it looks more like a little Steam box than anything else. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're itty-bitty boxes with like 50,000 games on them now, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, you know, for the average consumer, um, it's gotten to the point where the, the consoles are indistinguishable in what they offer. You can get every game on a PC on a console more often than not. Don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, I think the the standout for the consumer level is the Switch because it's it's got portability and it's got Nintendo first party titles. Is it the most powerful? By no means. No. I mean, if you look at The Witcher Three or Overwatch on the Switch, I mean, they yeah. definitely take a hit. But um, you know, I've got, got a place. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've got a PlayStation Four. I love it. I've got a desktop PC now. I love it, but really, I absolutely adore my Switch just for the the fact that, like, when the kids go to bed and like we go up to our our bedroom, like I can bring a Switch with me and and play some Pokemon now while B reads a book. Here we go. It's disappearing. Yeah, I mean, we are it sits right behind my computer. <laughs> after after the holidays, now we are a three Switch household. Uh, we have nice. two two regular Switches and. Uh, 
we got our littlest um, a switch light because um, you know when the older kids are, are taking the switch, he can't enjoy his favorite games. So now he just he has his switch light. He can play whenever he wants. Um, and it's, I mean, honestly, I get more use out of that than than the PlayStation Four. The PlayStation Four is mostly for Netflix and Disney Plus at this point. Plus a few <laughs> of the, you know, a few of the more adult games I have that I I won't see on the Switch. All right, Barney. What? Uh, let's give the get prediction number one right out of. Uh, let's let's make the make it the, the major headline so people click right. on this. Uh, <laughs> no, it, feel free to. Uh, I've I've had to I've been, since you built it up so much. I have to <laughs> make big. I have to make really bold, really bold <laughs> predictions. Uh, so my first prediction is that. I will wash my hair at least twice a week. No, I'm kidding. Um, Ooh, wow, that's, <laughs> now that's up from I zero times. every day. We'll have to confirm that was Smith & Smith. <laughs> hey, just because you bathe every day doesn't mean you wash your hair every day. That, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets wet. That qualifies, right? Hey, there you go. So now here's my, this is my first big prediction. I that my, my bold prediction I wrote down is that I think the, that, this year we're going to see that the shine of the MCU is going to start to dwindle. Okay. And, yep. I thought and, about putting that yeah. down a little, you know, something along those lines, but go ahead. I think because with, with and I, and I, 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 I compare it to, for instance, with like, you know, world of Warcraft, where now you have up to level 120. So if you actually want to, someone really wants to start getting into the game fresh, they're like 120 levels and never mind. It's so, so it's the same thing with like, with the MCU. It's like, there's 23 movies. There is no way you're going to sit down. And, and so, and so they're in a way they're trying to, I see Disney is what they want to do is kind of reboot it a bit. But now it's now it's that the point where you it's all one overarching storyline that that you can kind of watch. You can watch, you can watch Ant Man and Wasp separately. It can be its own thing. You can watch Doctor Strange as its own thing. But there's so many things where if you're sitting on watching it and if you don't understand the entire universe in itself, you're going to miss some things. So, so I think with that being with 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 Avengers Endgame out, they kind of put an end to a chapter saying, this is the end of this right now. And now with, and I, and I see what they're doing with having Black Widow come in. It's kind of a transitionary piece by saying, Hey, we're going to, but it's very clearly Black Widow is very, very clearly said it's, it's the beginning of phase four, mm-hmm. especially coming out with the Eternals at the, the end of this year in November, a whole new list of characters, a whole new thing. And, what you're going to see is that your your diehards are still going to watch all of it. You're still going to want you still going to want to see it, but Disney's going to have to be really specific and very hard, especially with their Disney Plus shows coming out that are tied into the MCU. They're going to have to be very specific to say you need to. They can't say you need to watch all of this if you want to know what's going on because you're going to lose people. People aren't going to be. People are not going to invest in Disney Plus to watch WandaVision yeah. just so they understand what's happening in Doctor Strange too. And you're going to have enough trouble keeping fans as you lose major cast members too. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're almost done with Hemsworth. We're done with Evans. We're done with Downey Jr. Except for guest appearances. They their chemistry and their on screen presence was a huge part of the mcu sure if you put somebody else up there on the screen and say hey i'm the new lead guy for phase four and the audience is like no you're not 
like where's Downey Jr. Where's Evans? Where's Hemsworth? You know, they're all going to be like, eh, is this really I think, what I want to watch? Yeah, I think they're good enough where they're not. I think they're and Disney's been really good in making sure that there, it's not a cult of personality, meaning it's one person because nobody watched Dr. Strange and said, where's Iron Man? Uh, you know, nobody watched Guardians of the Galaxy and saying, you know, where's Captain America? Right. So I, mm-hmm. I think people, I think that the titles can hold themselves. I think it's just we're we're start we're going to be starting on the verge of seeing we're, we're that we're people are kind of getting tired of the the the, the superhero genre in general. We're going to start to mm. see that my, crack a bit. My potential. Uh, t- prediction that, that I, I had written down but then i erased it erased it was that 2020 was going to see the least profitable marvel movie released like one of these movies that comes out in 2020 for marvel was not going to be is going to make it's gonna flop it won't flop like... because disney won't let it flop no. but it just won't be <laughs> You know, Disney will pay be, people to go watch it and claim it. it as, you know, I will. Uh, I'll go out on the limb and I'll say it's going to be the Eternals. Yeah, I, it wouldn't I surprise would. me because the yeah. Inhumans was absolutely terrible. It, it uh, was, the Eternals, I just don't think is is even on the radar of most most people. Well, or, well a lot of people said that it was about Guardians. Guardians. <laughs> What's that? That's true. Guardians That's wasn't true. either. Guardians. That's exactly the Guardians that say. we got is nothing like the Guardians in the comics, really. But yeah. okay. But keep in mind too is that they they took a big chance and 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 keep, we're used to it now. But before two thousand was it two thousand eight. Uh, Iron Man was a B-level character. Yeah, that's like, true. Nobody, yeah. I mean, the Avengers in general knew. were, yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody knew who these these characters... Everybody, if you asked anybody before Iron Man came out and they said, hey, uh, name your superheroes, they'd be like, uh, Spider-Man, Batman. Like, nobody knew mm-hmm. anything about Thor or, you know... <laughs> yeah, Thor was pretty B-list as well, actually. Way B-list. Because he was on such another... Like yeah. Thor never really got to interact very much with the rest of the universe, honestly. So he was that's so often just, off on other realms. Yeah, I think so. What I mean, I don't, I don't think the Eternals is that's good because they actually have some that they actually have some pretty big actors that are playing those some of those roles in there. I think what you're going to see is that we're just going to start seeing a crack in the in the superhero fatigue, basically. Okay. Yeah. 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 Something else needs to step up again. Like maybe we'll see a new monster genre arise or. It'll be the old um, the John Wick style uh, popcorn candy action movies or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, ben. So that, that was my that was my first. No, prediction. I think that's good. I uh, I like like I said, I I had uh, some kind of similar thought to uh, what, uh, what what you predicted. So it's nice to know that uh, I'm not insane. Well, maybe <laughs> I am. All right, Ben. Uh, what's your uh, your prediction? Oh wait, no, it's my turn. It's, it's yours, my yeah. Turn. It's my turn. Yeah, even though okay. I stole it, apparently. Speaking of not being insane. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, speaking of uh, you know not losing your mind. Um, so my number two prediction is that we will see on Kickstarter the highest funded RPG game in 2020. We'll see an RPG on Kickstarter that will break the previous le- record of most funded RPG, and I don't know what that is at this point. I haven't done my research, but I think 2020 we will see some sort of new system that just breaks all the records on 
on uh, really hey uh, uh, i'm going i'm going i'm going doing big. my barney smith impression if you get any more out <laughs> on that limb Doug, you're not going to be standing on a tree anymore you're going to be in space yeah i mean like wiley e. coyote running off a cliff i'm trying to think of what the i know i know there's been some big ones lately um there's been what was there was one that did a like a couple million i know humblewood did a millions plus um trying to think there was another one that uh, did really well um by by a streamer that uh, it was like uh, 5e about castles or something castles uh, in shoot castles in space it. it was no it was it was <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll find it in a little bit but uh yeah I'll, 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 i didn't i should have done my research a little bit more and i, I think we're gonna see an rpg product on kickstarter in 2020 break the record of most funded project for not not of all projects just of rpgs just of rpgs yeah just of rpgs yeah no don't i don't think we're gonna see like a monster uh, or a kingdom death uh something break yeah. kingdom death or, or any of those other ones but i think for, for rpg products on kickstarter in 2020 it, the bar will be raised for funding so all right ben uh while you're looking up or uh, while you're giving a prediction i'm going to look up yeah that, uh... uh so from the the banal world of of board games i believe that asmodee north america will outright buy alliance distribution uh and take it over uh they've worked very closely with them as an exclusive distributor um uh, for the past couple of years, they have purchased a lot of European and uh, other uh, country distributors. I think in North America at uh, ANA is looking to add distribution to its portfolio. Uh, so I foresee them purchasing their game distributor that they have the exclusive uh, rights with right now uh, sometime in 2020. Nice. I, I can totally see that happening. And for what that means in terms of uh, games, uh, I don't know. But um, <laughs> something <laughs> they've, cool. <laughs> they've they've worked hard to to make their properties uh, wide and far stretching, and distribution will be a part of that uh, very soon. So, going back to to uh, what I was saying previously, strongholds and followers was the book that i was thinking of it's a fifth edition su supplement it brought in 2.12 million dollars on a kickstarter never even heard of it and it's it's uh by matt colville uh he he actually is a uh a youtube streamer and mm -hmm. twitch i think he's a twitch streamer as well so, so yeah. that's that's the mark for RPGs. I don't think that that's the mark, but I know it's really oh, high, and it just it yeah. came up last year. It was like it was one of the most funded ones. So um, I'll have to, like I said, I I know that the bar is pretty high. Are you talking I, pen and paper, Doug, or just? Yeah, no, it's pen oh, and paper. Just pen and paper, okay. Yeah, just pen and paper, not not video games. Because I know yeah. um, uh, Tides of Numenera took in like four or five million dollars on Kickstarter, but that's PC, yeah. So yeah, no, no. I'm I'm talking about just just uh, yeah. pen and paper tabletop okay. RPGs. So all right, uh Rob, uh, you're up for uh, your second prediction. So my second is kind of cheating because it's twofold. Uh for it I believe that 2020 we will see a, a major board game publisher go under. 
Ooh, um, I actually was thinking about something like this too. And I, it kind of rolls into my second. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be Kickstarter related. Um, there's been some grumble. I mean, Kickstarter, there's been some grumblings for a while now and, and more and more cracks are forming with Kickstarter and the tabletop industry. Uh, there was the whole thing with, with monolith, uh, you know, a month or so back. And, um, I think it's, it's, it's going to come to a head this year with how companies are using Kickstarter. Um, and I think that, that somebody, somebody big is, is, is going to go down, go down this year. Wow. Not, not that we wish anybody to go down. No, no, no. I, I, I don't wish for anybody. I mean, I am a huge fan of, of all the publishers out there. Um, they all put out a lot of great games. Uh, but I think this, this whole Kickstarter thing is going to come to a head. And unfortunately it's, it's going to, it's going to speak doom. If, if a company doesn't go out flat out, um, I can see a company splintering into different imprints. Um, but I think this is, this is the year it's going to happen. I, I think we've, we've seen, we've started to see that trend where companies and publishers put out Kickstarters to fund previous Kickstarters and, or finish previous Kickstarters. And, and we all know that that's not, not a, a good business model. Not an effective way to no, run a business. No, no. So, too many, and, too many people, especially the big companies now, are setting their funding, their goals so low, just so they can be like, "Hey, funded in two hours." Yeah, but right. really, it's like twenty-five percent of what they and need to get the game. They're praying that they hit like eleven stretch goals so that they can fund yeah. properly. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I think Kickstarter works really great for for smaller for smaller game companies. You know, we've this year we've talked about uh, Dungeon Drop with with Phase Shift Games. Or I loved the uh, the RPG zine movement on oh, Kickstarter. I love that too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but that but whole seeing aspect I wish would grow. Seeing you know like what was it was it claustrophobia? Yep. Um, where the game was done, and they they literally flat out and said like this is a pre order system through Kickstarter, which supposedly isn't supposed to be allowed. But no. they were just they just blatantly flaunted that like, yeah. hey, we've made the game. You're buying it through Kickstarter. Well, like, I'm. I guess I, I guess I'm not that I guess that doesn't bother me as much because I know that the, the product is going to get to me. It's going to get to you. Yeah. And it's going to get to me within a relatively quick time. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say that, that we're going to see more of that. Oh, I wish we wouldn't though. And, I, and well, I think that's good because of the fact that a, we're not going to see all these Kickstarter, you know, cycles of, of, okay, well, we're six months behind on this project, but we need to run another Kickstarter to finish this other Pay one, or, you know, yeah. or we need to keep our employees busy. So we need to cut, we need to uh, launch another Kickstarter. I, I, on the other hand, feel that that's kind of good that, okay, we've got a product, we've got it all finished. Here you go. As soon as, as soon as you, uh, as soon as the, the funds hit our bank account, we're shipping. I, I personally, there's no, I like the fact that there's no stretch goals to, to weigh down the, the, the time of delivery well, on some of them, on some of them. <laughs> um, I, and, and to be honest with you, Rob, I, I think I've, we're starting to see this more and more with the RPG market where yeah. people are going to Kickstarter with the books pretty much all done with the layout and the art and the everything. And all they really need to do is hit the print <sighs> button and then boom, it's Kickstarter. Being See, I could such a wide distribution network, and everyone knows Kickstarter. So rather than 
random game companies going to their own websites and throwing advertising money that they may not have out into the wild, they can set it up on Kickstarter and they tag it as an RPG. And suddenly everybody on Kickstarter who likes RPGs is seeing their product. So as a distribution channel, or like it's just to get the word out there, that's why you're seeing a lot of these companies doing this sort of thing. It, it allows these established companies to essentially get, you know, uh, a 30 day um, marketing grace period on their advertising. Yeah. They, they don't Is have to pay for it up front. Yes or no? We fund or we don't? Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they don't have to pay for their advertising up front. Whereas, Actually, yeah, that's exactly what know, I meant. Yeah. yeah. They get to get the word out there. They get to draw people in. Um, if they get lucky and a lot of people jump on it and it funds really quickly, it shoots up on KickTrack, which is, site, is a website that I absolutely hate. Um, you hate KickTrack? I, I hate KickTrack kick as well. Track. Why do you hate KickTrack? It kick is track? such a load of BS. <laughs> if 25 <laughs> people back and fund you in five minutes, KickTrack says you're going to make $72 million well, based on what these people did in five minutes. The, the first the first day, but it, it all evens out. I mean, like... If you're yeah, but not until halfway that, through the campaign. And by that point, you have a lot of people backing stuff that they may not otherwise have backed yeah. just because it's bandwagoning at that point. Like, I, I, I can't stand looking at that website. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I don't mean to, to, Rob, don't think I'm trying to dismiss your feelings at all. Because oh, no, no. I, I, totally, I totally agree with the fact that I think that Kickstarter has become this pre-order system, which is kind of a double-edged sword and 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 i in the fact that uh, you know i i do like the fact that these quick turnaround times but b i don't like the fact that it's become a pre-order system and it's totally become a platform that it wasn't intended for i would almost like to see kickstarter have a special segment of their platform specifically yeah. for pre-orders for, yeah, yeah yeah they need to have uh, like a there's kickstarter and then there's kickstarter whatever they want to brand yeah. it as for that specific purpose yeah no, no, I, I totally agree. I, I love Kickstarter, uh, especially love seeing, you know, smaller designers and publishers being able to to get their games out there when they really, they otherwise can't. Like, there's no other way for them to do it. Um, and sometimes seeing these bigger companies who, who have the money to just release a game, um, you know. They're kind of abusing the system at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they really are. Yeah. Do you also, I'm just curious as well, uh, what you all think about with, say, the tariffs that are happening. Do you feel as though that you might see in 2020 a lot more just PDF only? I, I, I think will we're, be buying a lot more PDF only stuff because I cannot afford the shipping to Canada with those tariffs. Yeah, we're starting to see can't. that a lot with it, with international uh, backers. Yeah. Like in a lot, of, a lot of Kickstarters that I normally look at that have like, say, $20 shipping, they release a new product and suddenly they're shipping has preemptively jumped to $40 and they're, That's and they're only crazy. offering like a $35 yeah. product. I'm not, I'm sorry, but I'm not paying more in shipping than the product is worth. Yeah. I'm just not, even if it's the most amazing thing that's ever graced the face of the planet, I'm not doing it. Right. So do you think that we might see more Kickstarters that are for, especially for the tabletop role-playing game ones that are just going to be think, PDF only? I think you yeah. might see a big swing towards a lot of people providing enhanced PDFs instead of just the raw data files. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you're going to have a lot of people investing more time in cross-linking uh, sort of like what D&D Beyond has done with their platform where you click a link inside of a, a, yeah. a stat block description yeah. that takes you to the page you need to go to kind of thing. I, and I do think that, you know, I would love to see 2020 become more, have the in RPG industry 
move more towards an electronic age. Uh, you know, I don't want to, to go all, you know, I still think that there's a room for, uh, you know, dead tree editions and everything, but I, I do think that we need to have more, you know, in this day and age, like, like you said, Jason, I think we're going to see more and more folks of using, you know, digital versions of, of RPGs and, and yeah. just kind of. Somebody's going to release an update for either Adobe or whatever other major PDF reader you happen to have that is going to make it a lot more intuitive and a lot more screen useful. Like exactly. my biggest problem when I'm using, like say a standard iPad, I have a standard iPad. I don't have the big fancy one, uh, which I would love to have, but that's like $1,400 and I don't have that kind of cash. Um, my biggest problem when I'm reading PDFs on my iPad is page flipping. It's, yep. it's laborious. It's, it's not easy. It's not like the Kindle where I tap the side of the screen and I flip to the next page. Well, I think we need a, we need a better, we need a better reader at an affordable price. It's gotta be yeah. a larger screen. Um, you know, I, I That's honestly, I hate, uh, right yeah, no, I hate, <laughs> I hate. And the more and more I've done it, the more and more I hate it is I hate PDF versions of RPGs now because I hate looking at them on my computer screen and I hate looking at them on my iPad screen. I get eye yeah. fatigue so quickly. Right. Um, one of the best things I think I had gotten once was uh, Dungeon World. They sent me a Kindle version, um, which oh. now Dungeon World is not a heavily you know, right. illustrated, um, but it was so easy to go through and read because it was on an e-ink screen. Um, we need a like a large format, something that's that's yeah, easier like a, to read. Like an iPad size Kindle. Yeah. And, and we fun, need the fire you know, is just not big enough. So. We need easy, easy page turning, easy yeah. bookmarking. Um because that's other... half the problem. Like when I'm reading it, when I read a PDF on my computer, I'm fine just reading it. I can scroll, it's no issue, whatever, who cares? But when I'm trying to play a game and I'm in the middle of a game and, and I'm like oh, I want to look up this rule and I know it's on page 257. I can rifle through the pages and get to page 257 faster than I can click around on my screen and click in that little box at the bottom and type in page 257 and hope that the PDF matches the physical copy of the book, which often they don't. <laughs> and then I'm scrolling around and resizing things to make it screen readable. <laughs> well, and some companies, they put out, you know, their full book PDFs that aren't optimized in any way. So even on like yeah. a monster of a desktop like mine, I open it up and it's like, it's a slog to, to go to the next page. Yeah. Well, like I just uh, pointed out um, Dungeons and Delvers as a, an RPG that I backed as uh, a PDF only because I, I couldn't afford the shipping. Um, they just released, um, it's not finalized. It's very, you know, editing mode still. Their PDF and it's 972 pages. Ugh. It's gotta be gigantic. It is. It is massive. Like it's. A, I think it's twelve megs in size total. Uh, on and that like that is an insignificant size in computer terms these days. But but for a PDF, PDF, it's big. Yeah. It's mammoth. <laughs> and you open up Adobe Reader, it's going to start to choke on that. Yeah, There's I don't a lot even of, think if I scroll I've... too quickly, I get blank page, blank page, blank page, blank page, mm -hmm. and then the computer catches up five minutes later. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've even read nine hundred some odd pages in my life. <laughs> Okay, Doug. That's sad, Doug. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I, of course, I have. Come on, that's like that's like the first quarter of the last book of the Dark Tower, <laughs> or any George right. Martin book. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's uh, let's jump. Who, who is uh, Jason? Did you give your number two? No, not yet. Okay. Um, my number two is uh, similar to what Barney said when it came to Marvel movie fatigue. I think we're going to see a lot of system fatigue when it comes to gaming. Um, 
I'm honestly myself getting tired of every new RPG coming out with a new system of mechanic mm. to determine success or failure. Um, and I understand that they're trying to make it unique. They want their game to be interesting and they want their game mechanic to be something that people remember, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of having to roll 42 dice and throw a chicken in the air to see if I succeeded something. Like, why? Why do you need a system to go with your RPG? Just make a good game and adopt an existing system. Like, I'm sure there's some are copyrighted right now. Like, the 2D20 system is, I think, copyright to Modiphius right now. Yeah, I think Modiphius owns that. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are some going to be some copyright issues with this. So I, I can sort of allow for some, you know, leeway on that. But don't release a system that requires unique dice that have, like, if, if, you have, if you're going to release a six-sided dice system, don't have a star on one side, an oval on the other side, a square on one side, a triangle on the fourth side, and you know, and so on. I don't want that game. I just don't. If you want to change the one and the six, fine. That I don't have a problem with. Like just for like like for the aliens game from Free League. You know, you roll a face hugger, uh-oh. <laughs> I get right. that. But I don't need to have a game where I have dice that are only useful for that game. I want my dice to be useful everywhere. Yep, I, I, that's no, one I totally of the, agree. That's one of the reasons why I haven't uh, really gotten into the Star Wars uh, RPG from Fantasy Flight. I just don't. I just I, mean, I don't want games that have useless dice in any other game. I don't. Yeah. I've got enough dice as it is. I'm. I could drown in them. <laughs> the last thing I need to do is be buying system specific dice. I mean, if well, you technically you would choke buy... on them though, right? Well, yeah. You wouldn't drown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you want to go out there and buy a fancy set of dice for your favorite game that have the logo of your particular chosen faction or whatever on the six, by all means, go for it. That's really cool. I have a set of dice that have the Menoth, uh, the Menite logo on the D6 for War Machine. And I love them. Or, you know, you put your favorite... Uh youtube show logo yes uh, on the i do on use my victory side. condition gaming dice when I put <laughs> i'm tiny just saying when I hey tiny just wastelands. just wait this is the year those puns perspective dice are going to start coming out <laughs> nice nice but counterpoint counter black oak workshop dice i use the vcg dice but but counterpoint if you made vcg star wars dice and vcg alien dice you could sell three times the <laughs> amount of dice yeah, just saying i don't just have saying. the uh, the license I'd, I'd also get a cease and desist from fox well, and you know what uh, you, you know you wouldn't with forbidden lands well, you know free yeah, league you okay get some free that. league vcg dice yeah no i let them uh, their their <laughs> dice are, are pretty awesome as it is so I, yeah that, that's my that's my second prediction anyway it's just nice. we're seeing i'm 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 starting to notice it in my local friends and stuff uh people are tired of having to learn a new system for every single game you yep. like I, I i don't mind new mechanics like if you want to say you know rolling your d8s is what you roll to hit I, i'm fine with that i mean it's weird but i'm fine with it but don't require me to learn a 35 page rule set for a game that I bought on a Kickstarter that was backed by 4,000 people that might maybe get to my table someday. Yeah. Cause you're just asking me not to be interested. Like I'll take your content. I will read, like I'll read all of your content and probably adapt it to something else. But the likelihood of me actually playing that game, slim to none. Sure. All right, Barney, let's get uh, clip, <laughs> cl clickbait, uh, Prediction number two from you. 
All right. So I'm, I'm going in the direction of uh, streaming services on this one. All right. And I, my, my prediction is that the stream, as I said, the streaming services are going to get crowded and Netflix is going to still outpace everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Netflix is going to still be so far ahead of everything else. You're going to see actually Disney plus is going to suffer a lot with the, with HBO max, uh, the peacock coming out in April. And, <laughs> and as we said that a couple of weeks ago, Disney plus doesn't even won't even hold a candle to Netflix only for the sake that uh, Disney has IP Disney has and itself as a brand. It'll never have anything more than PG 13 on there. Yeah. I see that Disney is going to do a lot more with, they're going to evolve the relationship with Hulu. So they're going to make sure that a lot of their more adulty kind of things or anything they really want to kind of test their waters on kind of like what they did with touchstone pictures in the eighties. They're mm-hmm. going to be testing it out with, with, with their Hulu and what we're going to see is going to see a lot of they're called AVODs, um, advertising video on demand services like Pluto and Tubi. They're going to be a lot more prevalent in 2020. We're going to see a lot more people, uh, not even subscribing, but they're going to be watching. They're going to be going on Pluto. They're going to be going on Tubi a lot more. And we're going to see that resurgence of, Hey, um, we will want, we do want video on demand and we will, we'll be able to, we will watch commercials for it because it's free. Uh, we see that a lot with kind of following along with the, uh, the, the way that YouTube is right now as well. But for yeah. those that haven't <laughs> checked out Pluto or Tubi, check them out. It's you're basically having a whole new cable subscription with, they have hundreds of channels and it's so fun to watch. So Pluto's uh, really good. Crackle is another another free service that yeah. has uh, free free well, movies and Crackle is all Sony though. So it's like okay. Disney Plus in that sense. So but Pluto Pluto TV and Tubi are everything. So it's not it, it it's not IP of a, or of, of one specific uh, company or production company. So nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right, uh, my number three prediction, and this is probably my boldest prediction because I had to uh, come up with it last minute because Ben stole my uh, number three. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. So my, my number three will is that we're going to see the announcement of a Marvel RPG. Like a new Marvel RPG book. Like, I could see that, yeah. I think we've seen a miniatures game. We just saw the announcement that Simon and Spin Master are doing, uh, uh, they're teaming up to make this uh, Marvel United game. It's like a chibi. It almost looks like Arcadia Quest. Uh, we're seeing uh, what is the, the Marvel Champions LCG. I, I think that Marvel is starting to realize that there is an audience for. Uh, their IP with gamers, and I think we're going to see, you know, well, someone's going to pick up the Marvel uh, IP for an RPG. They've got to be looking at um, at the way Wizards has D yeah, set up I, right I, now. I mean, it's an obvious money maker. I mean, they're they're doing so well with the publicity of D and D five E right now. Like it's going fabulously for them. Like everything they do is coming up aces. Like I haven't yet heard of anything that they've released that was garbage or not, not, not even garbage. I haven't even heard of anything they've released where everybody's kind of like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. 
now i know that there's been you know there's been an marvel rpg and and you know it's it's well loved and everything i played the heck out of that that was awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I, I know one. a lot of folks that that they have uh, i'm i'm now that there's like this you know this golden age of of superheroes and and uh especially the marvel properties i think you're gonna see a whole new edition of of an rpg from from somebody i don't know who though so i bet you they'd go to fantasy flight <laughs> they probably would and you know what jason they'll probably have their own exclusive dice i know they will. <laughs> I, I would anyway. burn it in a dumpster yeah, yeah that's because uh, fantasy the, flight is famous for that like the, the genesis system as yeah. much as i like the concept i of genesis it's an unnecessary system that does oh. nothing new or useful speaking of uh the genesis system and, and we're gonna go off topic just for, for a little bit did you see the announcement that they're putting out Keyforge. a Keyforge, uh setting for the genesis system yeah so you can play in really? that uh yeah yeah it, again that'll it, be one where i suck up the lore and throw away the game <laughs> it, it makes sense because they've been doing a lot of world building for that card game and it, it does not come through the card game at all so no um that's... that actually utilizing that world building in uh, i think that was actually a cool side effect that they discovered when they released uh magic actually as much as people liked the game a lot of people were like, I want to know more about this because yeah. you'd read the little blurbs about things oh, on yeah. the cards. Oh, right, yeah. And everybody was like, well, this is an interesting thing. I want to know more. And they were like, why aren't there books? And then suddenly there were novels. <laughs> and then when the novels came out, it was like, I want to play these characters in a game. And suddenly you have Ravnica floating around for D&D. &D. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what, Jason? I, I just saw that there is a... Uh... Fantasy Flight Marvel RPG coming out, and it's got uh, D3s, D5s, D7s, and D9s. <laughs> all, with different, troll, all with different Rob. symbols on each side. Yeah, all with different <laughs> stupid symbols, like a fist on one side. <laughs> well, apparently on the, 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 the D3 also has an internal light, so uh, if, if you roll a number, but the light comes up a certain color, it means something different. <laughs> what? Oh, that I would be, I'd be that guy on the news just standing in the middle of a store burning things. Going, I don't like this. Sir. If you roll a one and the light is blue, it means this. If you roll a one and the light is red, it means this. You need a college degree just to decipher what the dice roll means. It's when you start playing Iron Man and you have to have Mark Four, Mark Five, Mark Six, Mark Seven <laughs> dice. I only brought my Mark Two dice. I'm doomed. Oh no. Yeah. Uses when you push a few buttons and your your Mark Seven dice fly in through yeah, the window. Into the room. <laughs> Or your wife just leans around the corner and chucks them at you anyway. <laughs> Here's your stupid dice. Keep them off the floor. And and then yeah, I'm looking at it too. It looks like it does have it goes with that chicken as well, that you do need that chicken as well for that. <laughs> I've seen so many systems where they make unnecessary adjustments to mechanics just yeah. to justify uh, they have, oh, we have a unique mechanic for this. <laughs> Smacking yourself in the face is a unique mechanic too, but people don't do it. <laughs> All right, uh, Ben, what is your third and final prediction for 2020? Uh, so this is my my bold out on the limb, and it kind of ties back to a little bit of what uh, we've been saying with some of the fatigue and everything. Uh, I think Disney will only have four movies in the top four at the end of 2020. Uh, with 2019, they had seven. I just don't think they can repeat to the level that they've done so i think you will see a major decrease in the in the disney movies hitting uh this year okay yeah i can see yeah, that i can see that i think we'll have four uh probably not more than that uh, i was looking at a list of upcoming movies and 
a lot of them, a lot of the ones that people are really hyped about are not uh, Disney Motion Picture Studio. So um, I think they will lose a little bit of their stranglehold on the box office in 2020. This year was kind of a, a perfect storm for Disney. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You, had, yeah. you know, you had the culmination of Avengers, Star Wars, you had Frozen 2. Yeah. I mean, that right there is is pretty big. And And you have a lot of nostalgia with lion king and aladdin like there's a like our generation or my generation and i think a lot of our generation that's uh, that's on this uh, on this cast um we grew up with those movies you know we so yep. we're, we're taking our kids to go see those movies or we're taking you know we're going back to the theaters and watching them you know these new versions because you know we kind of want to relive that a little bit um and i don't know yeah i, I I don't see that a whole lot with uh, the movies that are that Disney's putting out in 2020. So, yeah, no, I think that they, they've uh, they've definitely hit it out of the park. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what they anticipate for uh, for the box office. If if they are anticipating it to go down, um, and if they're going to you know kind of pivot and and kind of make 2021. Uh, bigger and better because they had such a strong 2019 and of course Disney ultimately answers to shareholders and you know shareholders love to see making money and they don't ever like to see you know less money so right. uh, it'll be interesting if, if 2020 is a down year for, for Disney I think you're going to see 2021 just be, uh, be gangbusters for them and it will be because they're going to be coming out with four mcu movies yeah 2021 is going to be huge and and also too i think they're investing a lot in their uh disney plus they're going to put in a lot of shows on disney plus so i i think there's uh, not going to be more big screen stuff it's going to be a lot of small screen stuff yeah they've said right along that uh, disney plus is a five-year project they they want to be making money at year five uh they, they don't anticipate making a profit the first few years so you know hopefully uh Hopefully we'll get more shows like The Mandalorian and uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum because you know, <laughs> I, I'm just interesting man. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Kristen Bell to call me because I'm going to do an episode of Encore. Uh, did, you when see, they, did, you see the, did you see the latest episode? I didn't yet. I'm, I'm only on uh, on uh, Godspell right now. Oh, but man, uh, but man I, I look at this and that was that was what i did in high school i did yep, theater and i I, I so so kristen i know you're listening give, give me a call bye bye birdie <laughs> bye bye birdie you want to see me in gold lemay i'm telling you let's nice. do it i mean I, I know i do i was i played conrad birdie in high school when nice. i did it too nice yeah. that's funny all right rob your number three prediction for uh 2020 so this is kind of a, a specific one uh, revolving around the Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming out in March. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I don't think there's there's any doubt there. Uh, but my prediction are, is is that uh, fans of the series are going to hate it. Wow! I think they're going to absolutely hate it. I think it's going to uh, it's going to suffer from Star Wars syndrome, um, okay. where the fan base is just going to be like, hey. I played this hoping to feel like I did when I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, and I don't feel that way. Therefore, it is bad. Um, <laughs> and all these people what? who are Star excited Wars for it and like psyched, that? they're going to download it. 
they're going to play it. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, man, this sucks. They, they changed this. They changed this. This didn't happen. This was different. Um, and, and I think the sting of it being episodic is going to sit in, you know, on, on release date when people play through the whole thing and then realize, Oh, Hey, yeah, it's not the whole game. Like I have to wait for episode two now, which is going to be three years later, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be an absolutely phenomenal game. I think they're going to put a lot of love and care into it. And I don't think that's going to be enough for the hardcore fans. Okay. I don't think they care about the hardcore fans. They already know they've got them. <laughs> they already know they got them, but they're, they're going to yeah. be the ones who, who bitch. They'll be the most vocal, vocal yeah. detractors. Yeah. 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 Nice. And all the new people are going to be like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a whole new generation of people. It's going to be basically a brand new game for them. And it's going to yeah. be solid. I mean, uh, I don't doubt that. All right, Jason, your third and final prediction. Um, Disney buys Hasbro. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. That's Barney Smith level right there. Hasbro <laughs> has done a lot of work collecting a lot of things under its umbrella, and Disney likes that. They like saying, hey, if I click buy now, I get these 37 things. They would get you. they would get Transformers, so RC would be a Disney princess. Yep. Uh, but G. they Joe, they would He-Man. get but they'd get Power Rangers because Hasbro bought uh, Saban. Yeah, yeah, Saban now, and um, they have Took, which is a Canadian company. Oddly enough, har har har. Ooh, Disney um, Beyblade. I'd they're be down working with that. on uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance, and we're seeing ads for that popping up already. Um, I oh man, Disney's... that's right. So they would get Wizards because yeah, they would Hasbro. own Wizards. Mm-hmm. They would own Magic. And they would, they own would own Magic. D&D. They'd own D and D. Yes. Wow. That's why I'm thinking Disney's eyeballing them probably right now. Maybe I'm they sure could actually make a make good D and D movie. By guarantee, they could make a fortune for it. But um, it would probably go down as one of the biggest media deals in history. That I, I wonder if that would be contested. Like, if somebody'd be like, "Hey, Monopoly, Monopoly, <laughs> not the <a> game." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm wow. sure that Disney Disney will gobble up if not Hasbro, they will gobble up one of the other major game suppliers. And really, the, Hasbro is the biggest kid on the block for that right now. So Hasbro's got a lot of toy stuff too, which I'm sure they would love to have. Yeah. Oh yeah, they can, they can control the flow the, of their own toys. It like, would be instant. Yep. Yeah, well, they already have licensing. I mean, um, yeah. Hasbro already licenses Marvel games from Disney now. I'm sure it's a legacy deal or whatever from the company they. That would be that would be insane to think that like. Just think of the amount of market control they they would literally like there already are a mega corporation, but they would be. But like, like they'd, they'd be putting out their own Star Wars toys. They'd be putting yeah, out yeah. their own princess dolls. They would like, have the distribution networks. They would have the entertainment networks. Like they've got everything. They've got the theme parks. They're already rebranding Galaxy Land and the West Edmonton Mall as Hasbro Land, or sorry, Hasbro uh, pre- presents Galaxy Land. So it's going to be full of Hasbro characters like G.I. Joe and Transformers. You're going to have guys walking around in Transformers suits in the West Edmonton Mall. My Little Pony. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm sure there'll be a My Little Pony rider dozen. My Little Pony. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my big thing for this this coming years. I'm pretty sure Disney's going to gobble up Hasbro. Wow. No, I I, I, I like that prediction. I mean, I, you know, I think it's uh, it's out there. I, I think that would be pretty cool. It's a yeah. bold move, Cotton. It was. It is. All right. <laughs> Barney, you got to top that one. That was a pretty good one for... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Barney. I hope I didn't steal something from you. <laughs> well, I was going to say Disney was going to buy DC Comics, but that's not going to happen. Could you imagine? <laughs> that would be DC insane. And Marvel? Wow. 
Could like you, Matt, yeah, could you Matt. really imagine that would be like that would be stupid? Superman no, Warner shows Brothers, up in the MCU. What, yeah, Warner Brothers wouldn't need to sell, and Warner Brothers is already part of a big conglomerate already, so it's not going to happen. So, uh, I would. So my 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 number three is that we are going to be introduced to a lot of new IPs uh, this year. Okay. We're going to be introduced yeah. some that we already know about. Cause I think what we're going to do, I don't, as I say, we're going to start seeing some superhero fatigue, but we're not going to see fanboy fatigue or nerd culture fatigue by any stretch of the imagination. Two big, we got three big movies that are coming out that we know of that coming out this year. we got Dune coming out in December. Oh, we yeah. have, uh, we have Ghostbusters coming out in July. Uh, we have one thing that I read a lot that I really liked. It was the, it was Artemis Fowl. Uh, if anybody's familiar oh, with that really? series, yeah, that's coming. There, that movie's coming out in April, uh, awesome. April or May. Artemis Fowl. But also because of all these new streaming services coming out, we're going to see brand new IPs that we probably passively heard about over the last ten years or five years or so that are going to start. Either we're going to see the news that they're going to be getting made, or they're already be coming out. As I said, um, Netflix has. Well over, I, I posted on our, our our story comic Facebook page earlier today. They have well over a hundred original shows and movies coming out that Netflix is making originals, and some of them are TV shows that are in, or cartoons that are that are that are new to us that are going to start that are going to spark a lot of a, a lot of new. Um, uh, things that are going to that are going to kind of replace this um post star wars chapter post avengers chapter post game of thrones chapter uh, we're going to we see that. that though we need new fandoms we do but it, we we mm. kind of saw that with witcher we did in witcher coming True. out a couple weeks ago we're going to see a lot more ips that are that are going to be new to the general public well i'd be curious it, to see the retail sales of the books actually uh, the books that, uh, the, the, the the video games have 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 skyrocketed in popularity yeah. over the last. Which was three shot right back up to like. I think it said. I think they said it, it broke a record. It was like 106 concurrent players at one time on scene. 106 million. Sorry. That 106. Wow. 106. I thought you were trolling again there. Oh, no, 106 million uh, <laughs> concurrent players. Dozens and dozens of people. Dozens of people playing The Witcher. Uh, <laughs> I, I know my wife's interested in, in picking up the books. Uh, you know, I'm interested in picking series. up the books. I haven't played the games. Uh, we haven't watched the show yet, but uh, I want to watch the show, read the books. If you can bear um, first generation graphics, playing the games is well worth it. The I can, story, I can, I can deal with the graphics. Yeah, the story is well worth playing through the games. Well worth it. But but Netflix, you know, they've already got some great new IP. Like I love uh, if if you haven't watched the Dragon Prince on Netflix. Dragon Prince is good. Umbrella Academy. We didn't talk. Umbrella about Academy that. is yeah, fantastic, yeah, yeah. especially got- since it's a superhero show, but it's a different yeah, it's a different type story. of superhero show. Yeah. Like I, I well, like shows when they do that when they just like there was a Russian movie that came out. It was all superhero based. Yeah, it was like a there was like the Russian Avengers, right? With like yeah, the bear and, and yeah, it was all really like that. This dude who transforms into a giant bear and goes rampaging around. <laughs> I was like, oh, what the heck is this? This is actually decent. We, yeah, we so yeah, my my I guess my uh, my number three was my safe one, but, but we're gonna <laughs> no, I th- I think it's good because I think it's it brings up a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that uh, we we know that is out there that 
is going to be hitting this year that we're excited about. Like I know lock and key is, is, uh, is coming out on Netflix here in another month or so. And that's a big IP uh, comic IP for a lot of folks. That are- there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff coming. There's a lot of, of a thing on that streaming service. I was going through the list on if, if, and if nobody really pays it, and I don't know if you guys are depending on the age of your kids, but if you ever got on your Netflix account and go to the kids section, there is hundreds of original cartoons. There There's hundreds a of cartoons that are on there that are actually from other countries that have been translated. Yeah. Oh, my kids so watch good. all sorts of the, these, these Korean 3d animation cartoons that come over. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is the, um, like the super mini forest, and there's one with like battling tractors or something. Um, and of course they, they, uh, they were watching uh, Ladybug and Cat Noir for a while. Yeah. Um, but Netflix so the even is the Golden Globes last night, actually, um, when he was uh, getting up on stage with Aquafina to get a, I think he was maybe even presenting the award to her for her role. Um, he, one of the things he said was something about once you get over the hurdle of one inch tall subtitles, you realize that there is a whole other world of amazing shows yeah, out there sure. to watch. And that is the honest truth. Like when I, I only really watch a lot of anime that's subtitled. Um, but my wife right now is literally sitting like 20 feet away from me watching um, subtitled. I think it's Korean. Is it Korean, dear? Don't reply. <laughs> Don't anyway, me. Anyway, she's watching it right now and she's like she she watches these a lot like she's watched whole series of these things and they're good shows right with great stories yeah and we're gonna see a lot i you know what here's here's my here's my 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 counter thing about hasbro being bought by disney i predict that it's not but that i think of what it's going to do is that they're going to have we already kind of see it i think they're going to solidify um, their licensing agreement with Netflix because they've already come out with Shira, and they're coming out with He-Man now. Yeah. So, so that's my that's my that's my counter prediction is that it's not going to be Disney is not going to get Hasbro. I think what's you what you're going to see is you're going to see they're going to dub- Netflix is going to double. I could, down I could see Hasbro huddling together with other companies trying to avoid getting eaten by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of bummed that the new He-Man will not tie into the new She-Ra. What? Well, there's two there's two new He-Man shows coming well, out. They said there's, I thought there was a He-Man show and a He-Man movie. No, there's, there's a, a well, there's a He-Man movies in the works as well. There's two Netflix shows that uh, that one is written by uh, by Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith. Yep. which takes place at the end of the original '80s cartoon. Right. It like takes them, and then there's a, a totally new he-man cartoon that is by a whole other studio i'm hopefully hopefully Hmm. that one will tie into she-ra yeah because i I would love to see the he-man in that universe like what he's like um because it would have to be completely different and i'm sure it would be absolutely amazing I mean, there's so many, if you guys haven't even, if you haven't even checked out, um, check out Hilda. If you haven't watched that cartoon yet, that is genius. That's a that's a genius, and it's very. It, it reminds me a lot of Doug when I was watching one of your some of your tabletop role playing your best of twenty. It reminds me a lot of Root in a way. Oh, okay. Um, Ooh, okay. The style of it. It's not about animals. It's about this. It's about this. Basically, this little girl that lives in this world where there's like it's normal that there's you know fairy tale creatures and trolls walking around, 
but like they're scary trolls that live out in the woods and it's so endearing it's cute it's a great check it out if you guys ever get a chance have you watched uh have you watched moon moon is good that was a fantastic movie like i i had never even heard of it the kids had just picked it one day Uh, i think it was while i was at uh it was possibly while I was at PAX Unplugged and, and my wife sat down and she was just, uh, you know, glued to the TV. So I watched it again with the kids when I got home and it was a really, really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we see, so that, you know, my prediction in 2020 is that we're just going to see random IPs that are just going to take off. Um, we, and I think we've kind of gotten spoiled in our generation of seeing all these ones that we've well-established IPs. We've seen it. We've seen too many of them over the last couple of years that have just kind of, then bigger, bigger and taking up a lot of space, um, a lot of space in real estate for us. But that's my prediction is I think we're going to see a lot of brand new ones that are going to end up filling in the void. I remember that was when I first started watching anime, actually, that was what anime was for me. It was stories that you didn't get in North American TV or movies. And like, whether it was the depth of the story or the storytelling itself like we need more of that and it needs to get more popular than it is right now like it needs to not just be in a back corner of the video store sort of thing right it needs to get to be more prevalent and we need to see more like i loved how you know avatar the last airbender it was it was a tight show. It was meant to be three seasons. It was yeah. three seasons they didn't drag it on. Like right. we need more of that. We need yeah, a more we need of more a people telling stories and then being done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not because it's like, and I'm sure like if you ask anybody who's watched the avatar, the avatar anime, everybody wants more. They want, more. Oh, yeah. they want them to make more, but they're happy with what they got. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think they, they did saying, carry oh, it on. <laughs> they carried it on beautifully with the comics. Uh, and they did Korra, right? Yeah. And Korra was great. This first yeah. season was a little rocky because they, they stretched it out. Uh, yeah. more than the initial order but then the, the subsequent sequence uh, seasons were yeah. were amazing and then even that now they're continuing with with comics yeah uh, which is really cool yeah all right uh, that's going to do it for our featured content for tonight uh, let's uh, we've got one more uh, reveal before uh, we sign off uh, rob you've got a, a giveaway going on through a pond's perspective let's I, uh, give I do. that a little so, plug um, while, uh, while we get you on the show so I got, uh, you know, one of my, one of my site sponsors, Board Geeks Gaming, they make, uh, you know, handmade wooden uh, accessories for like RPGs and stuff. They're the one who made my, my monster DM screen that people gorgeous. have probably uh, seen. So uh, every, every quarter they, they offer up something for me to give away. So for the first giveaway for 2020 is a uh, new product of theirs, which is a beautiful magnetic dice tray. So it's uh, it actually comes apart and can roll up, um, and then you can kind of snap it together, and it looks like a, a regular wooden dice tray. Uh, so if you go to pawnsperspective.com, uh, there's a banner at the top of the the page for the giveaway. Uh, comment on that post with uh, you know your favorite RPG character you've ever played. Then there's a link to a Facebook post you can like, comment, share to get some extra entries, and then uh, you know for anybody who who's interested in any of Board Geeks Gaming stuff. Uh, you can go to their Etsy page, just search for them on Etsy and use the code PAWN10 for 10% off uh, anything in their store. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I'll be running this through the, uh, through the entirety of January. So February 1st, I'll be picking a winner. Excellent. Excellent. It won't so- be me. 
because <laughs> you're in Canada. <laughs> so, is it, so is it just open to it? US it is uh, yeah. continental U.S. only. Excellent. It's funny because I used to get I used to get really annoyed by that when I would go to a place and it would be like a you know some really cool thing and it was like <laughs> only available in Canada or in the United States and I'm like. I used to get really irritated by that, but now that I know from backing Kickstarters and stuff like that, what the shipping and handling cost issues are, I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly this free giveaway turns into a $35 expense. <laughs> and I, I have had people write to me getting all pissy. They're really? like, oh, you, you're, you're leaving out X amount of market and this It's like, hey, sometimes it's not up to me. And really yeah. like, I'm doing the best I can. Like if yeah. I'm shipping something personally, I'm already taken out an expense. Like, like I don't I, make any money on Pond's perspective. I even feel bad when Doug has to ship my my uh, Patreon box to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know how much that's costing. I'm like, oh. Well, it's it's not the it's not the cost. I mean, you it's, paid for it with the Patreon, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's not not the cost. It's it's the three hours in line or at the counter that I have <laughs> to, to fill out a customs out form. The, yeah. the customs. No, it's fine, Jason. What I, is I, the uh, uh, what is the molecular structure of the box and yeah. contents? <laughs> All Just right. tell them it's made out of maple syrup. You'll be fine. <laughs> tell them it's Kinder Eggs. That'll get you far. <laughs> All right, folks. That's going to do it for this episode of the Chaotic Good Cast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. I want to thank my fellow casters, Rob Collegian from a Pond's Perspective, Ben Higgins, Barney Smith, and Jason Hunt. We'll see you next week. Do we have pants? Ben, oh. pants? No, no, no pants. No pants. Yeah, no, no Ben's pants got no pants tonight. on. I, I am. He's been, yeah, he's no, been too busy no. doing inventory. It's, it's Man. been crazy. I'm getting back into the swing of it.